0: Who are the top 10 prospects in the Mets farm system? I'm breaking down my list on today's edition of Locked On Mets. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans who are listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, we're going to break down the remainder of my list of the top 10 prospects in the Mets farm system. Last week, we did one through five. The first segment today, we'll do number six and seven. Then in the second segment, number 8 and 9, and we'll close it with the 10th best prospect in the system as well as an honorable mention who's so close I almost have to put them head-in-head head at 10 and 11. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter, Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com where I work as the managing editor. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDMLB for $20 off your first purchase, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Last week, I broke down the top five prospects in the Mets farm system as part of my top 10. And I've been waiting a while to get the bottom half of this list out. So I wanted to make sure that I didn't delay it for another full week. And I really wanted to spend the time now to just get my full list out there because I I spent a lot of time on it when I prepped that last show. And there was a lot of debate in my head on where to go with those prospects. And for those of you who didn't watch that show or listen to that show, my top five was Luis and Angelicuna, Drew Gilbert, Jet Williams at number three, Ryan Clifford at number four, Ronnie Mauricio at number five. The first two prospects were the headliners in the Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander trades. Okay. Luis and Angelicuna came over in a one for one with Max Scherzer or for Max Scherzer, uh, you know, Ronald Jr.'s little brother guy who already has over 50 stolen bases this year and could make the big leagues next season as a really flashy. Uh, he could be a shortstop, but because of the Mets having Lindor, he could be a great defensive second baseman, probably be you know, gold glove caliber over there, and the guy that can get on base and, and steal a lot of them once he's there. Drew Gilbert, he's on a home run tear. He had another one tonight in Binghamton, uh, so he, he's really showing his stuff. He's been outstanding since coming over in that Justin Verlander trade. He's the number two prospect and the best outfield prospect in the Mets system. Number three is jet Williams, who also homered tonight in uh, Brooklyn. He's been unbelievable in high a at 19 years old. Um, so I felt he was deserving to be the number three prospect at the number four prospect. Ryan Clifford also came in the Justin Verlander trade. Um, did he homer tonight too? Like, I feel like I just saw a bunch of tweets tonight about all these guys hitting home runs. Uh, Clifford though, has you know, what was he at 22 or 23 on the season in high A? And he just turned 20 years old not that long ago. Uh, a really, really talented prospect, but I think, has the best raw power in this system. The number five is Ronnie Mauricio, who we've certainly spent enough time talking about over the last couple of weeks. So that's my top five. And the thing about it is, three of those names were not in this organization a month ago. And that shows you how much deeper this farm system got because as we, start to filter through these names you have to imagine all of them being bumped up three spots so as we get to my number six prospect in the met system which is blade tidwell it's great to see him in that sixth spot for me if he was your third best prospect i feel a lot different about this system right now because while blade tidwell is a very good pitching prospect I feel a lot better with him being outside the top five than inside and even you know more so in the top three. I mean, this is a guy that still has a lot to prove, but he's had a very good first full season of professional baseball last year, drafted in the second round out of Tennessee. Uh, he turned 22 years old in June. He's six foot four, uh, you know, has a, a great fastball and everything is predicated off that. Also a good slider. Um, I think he's been working with, I don't know if it's a different pitch, but I know he was talking about getting more sweep to, um, you know, his breaking stuff. You know, maybe it is more of a sweeper now. But I, I think the thing about Blade Tedwell is, you know, ha- is he going to be able to complement that fastball? And, and look, coming into the air, Baseball America had his fastball and his slider graded at a 60. So that's the 20-80 scale for for prospects. 80, it's hard to find 80 grade anything. Okay, that means that it's just like surefire, can't miss. 60 grade is really, really good. So baseball America coming into their had him as a, having a great fastball slider combo. Can he develop that third pitch so far this year to look at what he's done? uh, In high a made 17 starts, pitched to a three Oh nine ERA struck out 12.3 batters per nine. uh, You know, and all together on the season, he's got 21 starts and 102 innings pitch with 132 strikeouts. Now, that many innings pitched in his first professional season is a great sign when you're developing a starting pitcher. That's awesome. You know, let's say he finishes out this year healthy and gets that over 120 innings, maybe even pushing 125, 130. All of a sudden next year you can have that next bump up and you might get over 150. So that's a really big part about developing starting pitching. And that's one of the reasons why I had him so high on this list. The other is just that his stuff I think is better than any other pitching prospect the Mets have in double a, he struggled a little bit, but that's a, a big, big jump. Okay. And he's had a, a bad start. Uh, I can't remember how many runs he gave. He had one really bad start. He's a four, eight, seven ERA. And his last start um this week, he went five scoreless. So you, know, you look at the overall numbers, they're all down. The strike strikeouts are down, but the walks are down too. So, I think he's still competing and next year is going to be a year where he'll start in double a again and really try to make that rise up the system. Um, Outside shot of a 2024 ETA, but more likely 2025. But the one prospect that you look at that you would hope has some frontline starter potential Um, more likely outcome is probably a three, but, He's a guy that you can dream on a little bit. So because of that, and maybe sometimes, you know, I, I'm not the the prospect analyst of prospect analysts that this is not, you know, I, I cover the big league team and I, and I do this as well. But, I, you know, I, when it comes to my grades, sometimes I have to be honest, the lack of arms in the system to me vaults a guy like tidwell up a little bit more maybe if you're a straight prospect analyst you just have your own way that you evaluate these guys and you would stack up the value of a catching prospect like kevin parada and you know a guy that would be a everyday position player who has a really good hit tool and say that is more valuable than a starting pitcher that i'm not positive is going to stay in a rotation because of course there is still some reliever risk with blade tidwell but i think if he did end up as a reliever he'd be a very good high leverage one the way he's pitched this year though i'm getting more and more assuredness that he's gonna stay as a starter to me that's what made him um, number six and then that obviously leads to my number seven prospect that i just alluded to there which is kevin parada i'm a little bit down on kevin parada i've seen some people have parada as high as number three in their top 10s and going into the year that was even where he started out from some i mean Everyone was very high in Kevin Parada and for good reason. He was a consensus top 100 prospect. He was the 11th overall pick in the draft last year, and people were kind of surprised that he fell to 11. Um, he hit 361 at Georgia Tech, 453 on base, 709 slug. He hit 26 home runs in 60 games at Georgia Tech. This year, though, he's played pretty much exclusively in Brooklyn. He had a couple games in St. Lucie on a rehab assignment. He's hitting 263, 340, 447, 788 OPS. His WRC plus is 114. WRC plus is way to runs created plus, measuring hitters based on a league average of 100. So he's only been 14% better than your league average hitter. And he's only hit 11 home runs. He's got 20 doubles, four triples, 41 RBIs. The lack of home runs and the fact that you know he's not necessarily regarded as a great defensive catcher and look I'd be lying if I told you I've been watching a ton of Brooklyn cycling games and, and watching how he's receiving back there but you can read what's out there and, and there's no one that's raving about his defense so he needs to sort of carry his profile with the bat and I would have expected him to put up better numbers in High a this year and that's a little bit concerning so uh you know, the fact that Blade Tidwell beat him to double A, that alone makes me want to put Tidwell above him. That's part of what what went into the calculus there because I would have gone into the season betting on Parada as the advanced bat hitting in high A to hit himself out of there quickly and move up to double A and it just hasn't happened. So we'll see. There's no reason to give up on Parada. Um, he, he's still a relatively young prospect. I believe he's 22 as well. Um, so, you know, goes out next year and and maybe starts the year in double-A and you see how he handles that jump, we'll see. We'll see. He could come out and and hit the ground running next year and and change the perception and vault right back up into the top five where he's supposed to belong. But that's how I looked at those two prospects, and I think as we get to the rest of this top ten list, um, it does fall off a little bit from there. And I'll explain why as we get into number eight and nine in the next segment. Before we do, though, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Have you ever been in the situation where you want to go to the game, but finding tickets is so stressful you ultimately decide and just you don't want to go? Well, Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped from all the fun you're going to have at the game. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. You can snag tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKTONMOB. For twenty dollars off your first purchase, terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code locked on be for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. <laughs> All right, so now let's get to my number eight prospect in the Mets farm system. And I said the list falls off, and that's not to knock these two guys that we're going to discuss here. It's more to illustrate that there is a lot less um, guarantees when we get to this part of the top ten. I think if you look at the top five prospects in the system, there's a combination of guys who you're pretty confident are going to be big leaguers with Acuna, with Gilbert, with Mauricio, and guys with just immense upside who have already started to show it with Jet Williams and Ryan Clifford. Number six and seven, you have high draft picks out of colleges who are still high probability big leaguers. No matter what Kevin Prada has done this year offensively, you would imagine that at some point, based on the potential his bat has and the position he plays, Kevin Prada can find himself, up at the big league level with a shot to see what he can do. And Blade said, Well, you'd say the same thing about him joining a rotation someday. Now we get to 18 year olds, and that's where it drops off because you know, we don't know what these guys are going to become. But a lot of people really liked the Mets first round pick this year, and that's why I have him slotted number eight. That's Colin Houck. He was, you know, ended up drafted 32nd overall. Uh, he came out of high school. Uh, he was a two-sport athlete. So he was a three-star quarterback. Um, and he actually got some you know scholarship offers from Power Five schools. So he was a legit football prospect who did both. And he just recently, at the end of his high school um, you know, career, switched and focused on baseball. Decided that was his path. And he was great as a senior. Okay. He hit 487, 589 on base, 857 slug. 8 home runs, 16 steals. He won the Gatorade Player of the Year honors in the state of Georgia. And when you look at the draft grades from MLB.com, they had him graded at 50 for fielding, 50 for running, 55 for power, 55 for hit, 60-grade arm, and a 55-grade overall. That's a really solid foundation, okay? He's not bad at anything. Now, he's eighteen. He's got to learn how to hit in professional baseball. He's got to learn how to be a professional. A lot has to still go right despite the upside and even the high floor based on everything we just discussed there. But he's a really good athlete who has a chance if he continues to develop as a hitter to be just an all-around player. Um, It's not completely dissimilar to The Jet Williams draft pick last year, and that one is working out extremely well. So we'll see how he performs, but he's barely even hitting the complex league yet. So, uh, you know, there's only so much that we can take from pre-draft grades. Still, though, I think when you weigh out the upside compared to the other guys in this top 10, I had to put him at eight. Number nine is Marco Vargas. He came over in the David Robertson trade. He was the headliner with, I think I called him Robert Hernandez yesterday. It's Ronald Hernandez, um, the catching prospect, who was ridiculously good in the complex league with the Mets. Vargas, it was kind of the other way. He was great with the Marlins. He didn't really do all too well with the Mets, although he still had the good plate discipline drawing his walks, not striking out a bunch. In the Florida Complex League, which is obviously... Very young prospects, Uh, but he walked at a 21.9% clip. He only struck out at a 14.2% clip. And in 48 games, he had 270, 434 on base, 401 slug. They've now called both Vargas and Hernandez up as the Florida Complex League ended. They now are going to get a little bit of St. Lucie action. And then, of course, next year, those guys will probably be the stars of, of the St. Lucie Mets, along with Howe. Um, and we'll see how they all end up developing, but a lot of people are high on Vargas. There's been, uh, you know, more scouts, you know, professionally that have been able to see him on the backfields in spring training and in the complex league and everything else. So there maybe is a little more information on him as a professional than Hauk, but I think Hauk's upside and just well-rounded game put him ahead of Vargas. But I really look at these guys as, as similar prospects where. Either one of them could be the one that next year you know, tears up St. Lucie and is starring in Brooklyn by mid season. You're like, all right, that guy has vaulted himself into the top five. I think both of them have, you know, top five in the system upside um, and they both might reach it. So it's really exciting to, to kind of pair those guys together at this part of the top 10. And I, the, the big thing about him. And, and again, why I said that it dropped off is just the unknown factor of 18 year olds. Right. When it comes to the final two prospects we'll discuss today, they are not 18-year-olds. A couple of pitchers who I think have a chance to contribute at the big league level next year, and we'll discuss them in just a minute. First, though, another word from our sponsors. <laughs> All right. So to close out our top 10, really top 11 prospects in the Mets farm system, got a couple of guys here. And the reason why I wanted to do 11 is because I don't think the gap is that great between these guys. I think if you get to the gap between 11 and 12 in this system, it's a lot wider. I I think they're very, very close. These two pitchers and Honestly, you know, if Ronnie Mauricio had debuted earlier this season, they'd both be considered top 10 prospects in the system. And um, obviously, Mauricio is going to continue to be a prospect going into next year. But at some point, you think he's a big leaguer and it would slide these guys up. So if you're sort of framing your mindset towards 2024 and who the top 10 prospects in the system will be, I do think they'll both be included in that. And to choose between them is really hard because I, I'd almost call it even in some respects. But if you've been listening to the show over the last month here as i focused more on prospects, you know the two names I'm talking about and you know who I like more. And that's Christian Scott and Mike Vassell. And the guy having have number 10 is Christian Scott. Now, the reason I am viewing Scott ahead of Vassell is based on what we have seen this season. He dominated so far. Okay, Six starts in high A, he pitched to a 2 2 ERA. 10 starts in double A, 2.67 ERA. Here's the thing. He made that jump from high A to double A seamlessly, and that is a tough, tough jump to make. But this guy did it with no problems. His whip, 0.80, high A, 0.84, double A. Strike up per nine, 10.27, high A, 10.83 in double A. Walk per nine, 1.52 in high A. 1.26 in double A. over his last five starts pitched to a one nine three ERA pitched at least six innings in three of those outings went eight innings in one of them he struck out 37 and 28 innings pitched um, during that five start span he's a fifth round pick in 2021 he's 24 years old now he actually apparently is on the injured list right now very hard to know what it is in the minor leagues when a guy goes down they, pretty much keep all that stuff pretty tight lipped. It could be simple arm fatigue. It could just be, Hey, innings limit. All right. Last year, he threw 58 and two thirds. Um, this year he's at 83 innings. So he's nearing a 30 inning jump already. Um, and sometimes that's what they want to do about a 30 inning jump. You know, maybe they're holding him out a little bit and then they're going to put him back in the rotation to make you know, three starts at the end of the year, try to close it out strong and, and maybe get him over hundred innings. I could see that maybe they won't, the, the idea was to get him to 100, and he's at 83. So if they kept him in the rotation, he made five, six more starts, he would go over that. That could be it. Um, but the reason why I have him over Mike Vassal is because I think th- there's a higher probability of him being better than a back-end starter than Mike Vassell. And look, people say, oh, a, a guy, a prospect – has a high probability of being a number five starter. And a lot of people look at that and they think, oh, then what value does he bring? You got to understand that's saying he's better than what Tyler McGill has shown. Tyler McGill has not shown that he's a number five at the big league level. David Peterson has not shown that he's a number five at the big league level because they haven't been consistent. If you get a guy that's consistent at pitching to a low four ERA, and isn't just constant train wreck. That's extremely valuable. And that's not to say that's what Vassal is going to be, but I think that, you know, you're getting closer and closer to a point where Vassal is going to make his debut. And what we've seen in Syracuse this year is the guys pitched to an ERA over five. And, you know, earlier, you know, in double a 10 start, he did pitch to a three, seven, one ERA, but Christian Scott Intense starts in double A, pitched to a 267 ERA. Now it's different points in the season, but you know, Vassal last year, you know, found his way up to high A. You know, Scott, you know, had to, you know, start a level below this year. Vassal started in double A. Now, you know, triple A was a big jump for him. He struggled a little bit, he has been better. He was last three starts. He has a one 8 3 right? I would love to see him in the big leagues this season. But when I project out the future, I just think the upside is a little bit more there with Scott, and I don't even know if the floors are, are that much different at this point because Christian Scott's ability to limit walks this year, attack in the zone, and not get blown up, and, and you know, to really show great command of that fastball and, and a really nice slider I think both of these guys are, you know, can you really develop a great third pitch to pair off of your top two and be able to, to face alignment three times in a row in the big leagues? That's, that's tough to make it through that lineup a third time through. Um, We'll see if either of them gets there, but of the two, I have a slight edge on Scott at this stage, but Hey, Mike Vassell comes up, looks great this year. Who knows? Maybe as we, uh, get into our preseason top 10. Maybe I'll, I'll change my mind on that. Um, for now, though, that is my top 10 list to reiterate. Number one, Luisa and Helicuna. Number two, Drew Gilbert. Number three, Jet Williams. Number four, Ryan Clifford. Number five, Ronnie Mauricio. Number six, Blade Tidwell. Number seven, Kevin Prada. Number eight, Colin Houck Number nine, Marco Vargas. Number 10, Christian Scott, and the honorable mention 11th is Mike Vassell. Anyway, that's going to be all for today's edition of Locked on Mets. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter, Ryan. Follow the show at Locked on Mets. If you want to catch all your pitch in the Mets' hometown broadcast this weekend, you could do so with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets.